You are tuned in to Americana Music Profiles. Thanks for joining us for the second season, brought to you exclusively by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine. Man, it's people like you that, that makes it possible for us to get out here and enjoy this life. Thank you for getting in touch with me. I'm so glad you love what we do. Thank you for your help with everything, Greg. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing you've got going there. I'm your host and publisher, Greg Tutwiler. Now let's get to this week's show. My guest today is an accomplished pianist and guitarist. Doug Irving spent many years in Nashville honing his songwriting craft, notching 34 independent cuts. In 2006, he moved back to his home state of New York, where he now is the Upstate Adirondack Coordinator of the Nashville Songwriters Association, and has just recently released his 16th studio album, Songs of the Wood. And welcome to the podcast today, Doug. You're welcome. Thanks. So you're in New York, is that right? I'm in up, upstate New York. Upstate I'm New several York. Several hours north of the city. Right. Okay. Okay. The Adirondacks. Now, is that uh, is that originally home for you? I, I know, um, uh, looking through the liner notes, you spent some time in Nashville. Where Where did you Where do you originate uh, from? Yeah, this is home. Okay. Okay. It's all my tra- traversing around the globe. Uh, Going back to the late seventies, I you know I ended up back here. I lived in Texas for seven years and Nashville for eight years. Okay, of the last thirty or so years. So, um, so yeah, but this, I'm I'm close to close to where where I was you know yeah yeah raised. Okay. I wasn't born yeah, here, cool. but I was raised here. So. so how did you how did you get started into the let's dial it back to the beginning? How did you get started in the music business? Um, well, it was my. Uh, I've always done stuff with music, and myself and my my brother later on, we, we ended up doing a lot of things together for a while. Um, but as far as, you know, the first initial meanderings with musical things, I was I was 11. Um, and my mom and dad bought me a guitar for Christmas. Uh, that would have been in, in uh, 66. Okay. Um, and I just took to it. I just, uh, and then in high school, songs, but I actually, the reason I brought my brother up there for a second was, I actually taught him how to play guitar. Oh, cool. And then he went, you know, he's, he's three years older than me, so he was in college center, so he actually recorded some things before I did. Huh. The irony was there that I taught him how to play guitar <laughs> before I did. Yeah. Um, and he was down in Pittsburgh. Okay. So, uh, so in 72, I did write my first song. Uh, and then it was actually published by a publisher in uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, cool. So, uh, okay. So wonderful days, but I can't remember how it goes. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. <clears throat> so that's, that was the start. Then I used to sneak into the the, uh, uh, the small school that we went to. Um, it was small enough that it had one of those gymnasium slash auditoriums. You know, the mm-hmm. stage was on the side. And, right, uh, right, yeah. Basketball games going on. There were chairs up there. That's where the choir went. That's where the band went. Mm-hmm. So there was a really neat um, grand piano on that stage. Oh, all right, cool. And I used to sneak in and pluck away at the uh, at the keys. Mm-hmm. Um, Is so, all uh, of this self taught, or, or were you were yes. you picking up some lessons along the way? Okay. Well, I, I did later on very little. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would describe myself as being predominantly self taught okay. with a guitar and piano. Yeah. Um, but I played for a really long time, so I consider myself to be fairly accomplished. But mm-hmm. I'm not—I'm you know, not the best on, on mm-hmm. either. But 
mm-hmm. I, I could play. Yeah. So, uh, so that's how that's how this, that's how it started. So, and so that from high school, uh, where did, did did you move on to? Uh, you know, typical after high school job, move on to college. What, what? No, I went to college right after high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a, a college out in the Utica area of New York, which mm-hmm. is getting toward the central part of a place called Herkimer. Mm-hmm. It's actually Herkimer County Community College. And I studied uh, music and English. Um, I wrote, I wrote about forty songs in my first semester. Wow! Because I had free time, open access to a piano, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I just, uh, yeah, I, I really. And then I released my first record when I was in in college. Okay. It was a single called "Good to You." Hmm. Um, and that is good. so. It's a, I got experienced that thrill of hearing yourself on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been in that the was, 70s. That was in 77. Yeah, okay. So um, so you're getting influenced by all of the all of the cool folk music and classic rock music of the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, big time. Um, so uh, so it's college and then uh, I went to uh, a semester at a college called Fredonia, which is out toward Buffalo. Mhm. I studied uh, recording engineering and voice. interesting how many how many artists over the years that I've been doing this that I've come across that that has either gotten their start professionally because of that or has spent a season in in that whether it's the the, the Navy or the Air Force I, I know each branch I, I guess must have their own and there must be several oh, yeah. but um, yeah yeah that's cool but then uh, after that uh, I got married in San Antonio and stayed there for well all together seven, seven years so I got subjected to country music for the first time. Hmm. 
I had always kind of had this. Well, I was really my head was really into pop and rock, and then country was like, well, oh, country. Um, so, but my roommate actually ran sound for the country band of the the band of the West location at San Antonio. Okay, there were multiple bands in each of the the service band, whatever they call them, field bands. Uh-huh. Um, country group, a pop group, a stage band, uh, and the country group actually was a pretty tight group and they used to do a lot of their private private gigs and they would do the obviously have to do the ones that the air force assigned oh outside of the air force assignment yeah okay i got to go on a lot of those and i started to acquire a a taste for that some of the songs of the day were uh uh everything but everything wasn't something loose every which way but loose oh yeah right was uh was popular at that time i remember really kind of really liking that kind of course Willie was starting to do a lot of stuff sure yeah so I got so I got I got a taste and a liking for uh, for country music okay uh, I actually did background vocals on a on a comeback hit by a guy named Kenny Dale that would have been in about 86 yeah okay probably 86 so I did (laughs) background vocals on his his hit comeback song yeah hit hit in an independent way not in a major Uh major label way yeah Um, so, so that was fun and I just got to like it more and more so, um, so segue ahead another dozen years, I moved to Nashville, um, and then things really started to blossom out of that. So all this time uh, that that we've been talking about, has, has music in one way or the other pretty much been predominantly your full-time pursuit, or, or were you, you know, doing some other things in, in between uh, that? Yeah, there have been many, many times during that time where uh, that was primarily what I was doing Mm -hmm. but I would say that if you wanted to describe it as as does the music permeate the rest of what's going on or the other way around Mm -hmm. I would say I've almost always had a you know don't quit your day job right Um, (laughs) so uh, especially when I was just predominantly writing which I have been doing for the last basically the last 10 years anyway when I moved back up north to New York um but did a few things, but you know, I put out a bunch of albums, and then this is my 16th studio album. That's right? Yeah, I noticed that. The album we're talking about. Um, so there's been a lot of lot going on. That's been inspired, by the way, by my uh, chapter in the Nashville Songwriters Association, which okay. I'm the Upstate New York chapter coordinator for that. So we have monthly meetings with the with the chapter members. So it's very inspiring, and I try to set a good example because I'm telling people. It's kind of walk the walk, talk the talk. Sure, yeah. But you, if you, if you want to get better at songwriting, like anything else, you need to do it a lot. Yeah, You're not going to just suddenly get better. You know, it isn't a serendipitous thing. It's a, it's a, it's a craft. You got to get a work and get better at it. Okay. So I write a lot. Consequently, I've been writing a lot more since I five five years ago. I took that chapter over. Okay. So, uh, so I, you know, it's what I like to do, and it's what I've been doing. Well, and and you you just said that this was your sixteenth um, album, and, and you know a lot of people, a lot of artists can, can only dream about that, and and I there are I have uh, encountered over the years really really good singers that have expressed in one way or the other, eh, you know I just don't think I'm very good at at, at writing songs. Um, Give me just kind of a little bit of an insight into that process for you. Why does it, uh, is it truly um, 
a talent like vocal is, or is it something that anybody can write a song with the right amount of effort put into it? Um, I don't want to say that anybody can, can write a song. Uh, well, I should, let me qualify that. I don't want to say that any, not anybody can just write a song. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are levels, of course. Sure. Okay. Levels of accomplishment. Uh, you know, the, there's people around the, the world who are millionaires from their songwriting. And, but those are people who, you know, that's, that's all they do. That's all they ever did. Mm-hmm. And they've been in the right, the right place, right time, met the right people, mm-hmm. wrote with the same nice co-writers. You know, that becomes a nice, cushy little thing. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of those in Nashville. But there's an awful lot of, just like the middle class, you know, uh, there's a lot of middle class in songwriting. Mm-hmm. People who are, might be getting indie cuts. Um, or ones that just want to write songs for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, uh, we, we get into this all the time with, uh, uh, when we do meetings with, with the upper management at, at the Songwriters Association talking about, you know, you got to be aware of the levels. You know, if you're teaching something in a, in a chapter meeting that's talking about, you know, uh, if you want this song to be on the radio, or you got to, it's like some of them are like, I'm, I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just want to put around the right songs. Okay. You know? So we have to acknowledge that that's valid as well. Sure, sure. So, there's a small percentage of the songs that get written that are actually, you know, become major things or can become major things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to let it, you got to let it rise to the top. That's the, you know, when I first moved to Nashville, I was, I was shocked. I expected to, to hear every song I would hear would be really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the first few nights I was there, I was going every night to writer's night. That was, you know, how you kind of plug in. Right. And I would hear songs that were like, well, wait a minute, that's, that's not a very good song. <laughs> this is a, yeah. What is, you know, I thought they were all good. Well, it turned out in Nashville, like anywhere else, there's about, you know, 90 to 95% of the songs are from, you know, okay to and down. And then the other part is the ones that are, yeah. oh, these are the ones that are going to be heard. Yeah. It doesn't invalidate the other songs. Right, just, right, of course. Had, you know, yeah. there, there surely are different ranges of yeah. stuff. Uh, it's a craft. I mean, right. not everybody has their paintings in a gallery. So, uh, yeah, so that's, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that. Do you, do you yourself have a particular routine that, uh, how do you find your influences and what, what does it work? What works for you when it's time to, you say, Hey, I, you know, I feel like I want to write this song. Where did Uh that come from? Well, I, I get inspiration from like, like most writers, I, from everyday, you know, life experience for the most part. What I find myself, what I've especially found myself doing the last five years is uh, going through and kind of documenting through song an awful lot of the stories and characters of the Adirondacks. Okay. Um, it's the home, it's the home mountain chain. Mm-hmm. It's one of, the, you know, one of the more prominent ones in the, in the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and some prominent places are in that area, like Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the planet knows Lake Placid. Um Lake George, Saratoga, those are places most people have heard of. That's the area I, I'm, I live in. Mm-hmm. So um, so five years ago, I, I really wanted to start this this plan of putting out a series of CDs that had, if not completely, but predominantly uh, Adirondack stories. And so and the Adirondack Suite was the first one in, in, uh, in 11. Mm-hmm. And then I put out uh, two other ones that were basically sequels. Uh, one is called Fire Towers and Shanties, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of bluegrass on that. Oh, cool. Um, and then Tracks and Trails is this album I put out early last year. Mm-hmm. That was like the third one. And then, or the, the second sequel. Mm-hmm. And then one I just, we're talking about today, the uh, Songs of the Wood, is really the fourth the fourth one that has, you know, a sequel kind of stamped on it. Mm-hmm. Because there are probably, half of it is, is Adirondack themed. Yeah. Which is a, a nice segue into talking about that. You you mentioned um, one of the early ones you said had a lot of bluegrass on it. This one feels a little more seventies influenced. Is that fair? Um, yeah, I mean, once again, we refer back to the you can't hide your influence. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say, but I mean, there is some bluegrass stuff on here, not as much as those other albums, mm-hmm. uh, and surely not as much as there'll be on the next one. Okay, um, the next one's going to be uh, more, much more. So yeah, that's uh, that's true. That's true. Um, it definitely feels more. I'm not sure how to describe it. Organic mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in that in that vein, uh, and I love that stuff. I, I, I you know I love '60s music. You know? mm-hmm. I'm a child of the '60s, so um, that's when I was you know that's when I cut my teeth on on music, the Beatles, the Beach Boys. One song in particular we were we were talking about off air is uh, the second track on there, which we'll actually take a listen to here later at, at the end of our conversation. But called "Into the Wood." Tell me about that a little bit. Well, um, I got the musical idea first. Um, I was looking for something. Well, I'll give you a little snapshot into my process when I when I'm working on an album. I, I want to designate that there will be the songs aren't going to sound the same. I mean, I, I go in with that as a as a you know as a standard. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a bunch of songs that sound alike. You know, they're going to be different, different tempos, different themes, mm-hmm. different different instrumentation. There's going to be some things that they're about. So I sometimes will take a song that I really like by some other artist and really listen to it, not just the lyrics, and sometimes not the lyrics. The musical feel. Okay. Um, so the, the tempo, the type of rhythms in it, and then I'll try to not not copy, obviously, but be in you know let, allow myself to be influenced by that rhythm, mm-hmm. create something else. Um, so during this this the seventies time frame, of course, uh, one of the two of the prominent people out were uh, was Jeff Rattal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and later in the eighties, uh, Toto. Right. I, I love Toto. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, especially songs like, um, well, actually, the specific song that turned out to be the influence for that song was uh, Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, a song that obviously everybody on the planet knows. That dun 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted something that kind of felt like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, on that recording, I'm sure you've probably heard it umpteen times. The, uh, the drum beat that, uh, that Jeff Porcaro plays is just, it's like mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not disco, it's not, you know, it's, it's just a solid, moving, yeah. You know, yeah. kind of with a bass line. Yeah. So I wanted the song, this song that I was thinking of, to be kind of that, uh-huh. kind of, maybe some Jeff Rotel, uh-huh. a little bit of mystery to the, to the lyrical idea, um, because sometimes... One of the best examples of it is uh, is uh, Don McLean's American Pie. Mm-hmm. You know, they 
they've written volumes on trying to figure out what does he say? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, generally, being a purveyor of you know clarity in lyrics, um, this one is like, well, I'm not completely sure what it's about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think I know what it's about, but uh, but I don't have to. Okay. Um, right. That's for the listener. To, right. Right. To, to migrate towards. Oh, I don't wonder what he means by that. Yeah. That's great. I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can force some artistic discourse, you know, by by one of your songs, I think that that's a good thing. Yeah, that's um, cool. But musically, it's representative of you know the, the ones that I'm talking about. Right, you know, right. And I I, I felt that immediately, especially the uh, the Jethro Tull influence. I I oh, love the, the, the flute. flute. And and but it it, it immediately just kind of I had to think for a second that that sounds like, and and you know so it it did it it, it you, you I had to stop and, and really pay attention so I'm sure as a songwriter that's you you want the listener to to really kind of pause so yeah oh, yeah. yeah so definitely it worked so yeah if we if we can't be thought provoking we're not doing our job right. <laughs> So th- this is this is number sixteen, and um, and you've already alluded to the next one. Um, yeah. Is there is this a process that uh, this is just what works for you, and this is how you envision the rest of your musical career going? Do you have a particular uh, where does this path lead eventually? Kind of thought process. Um, I I do and I don't. Um, that's the ultimate. You know. Non-answer to a question mm-hmm. uh, because the stuff, the, the popular kind of stuff that I'm that I'm writing for my album or my CDs differs greatly from some of the other stuff that I'm involved with musically, which okay. would be I, I've written the music to two musicals. Oh, all right, cool. Actually, the script as well. So I guess I wrote mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both biblically based. Mm-hmm. One is called The Son of Man, which ran for for five performances uh, nine years ago. Okay. Here in my here in my hometown, mm-hmm. and uh, one that I wrote a couple of years after that called uh, Moses. It's about the the Exodus story. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't staged that one yet. Okay. I've had a couple of concerts with the music, uh-huh. but I've never actually staged it. And I'm actually in the process of talking to some people about exploring you know, oh, maybe neat. how we can do that. Yeah. So that's a completely different direction from the, yeah, the bluegrass for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the other things that are. Plus, I also work, I write poetry, and I and I'm working on my first novel. Okay, all right. So I'm a, when I say I'm a writer, I'm not just a writer of music. Right, right. Yeah, all sorts of artistic ventures in the same vein. It's probably some would say my wife would say probably too many. Because you, know, <laughs> you, you know, that old you know master of none concept. I said I don't wanna, I don't believe that. Sure. You know, but I'm not a I'm not a master of things. I don't necessarily have to be a master of things. But uh, you know, develop to the point where people acknowledge, "Hey, I, I like that." Well, it's certainly nice to feel like you have a, um, you, you have a particular stream that you like to swim in. Yeah, absolutely. And then bluegrass, obviously, if, if I survey the last say ten years, um, I haven't written exclusively in that vein, but I've started to. I never really wrote in it at all before. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I've listened to a lot more of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bella Flag, and uh, and a bunch of other ones that I've that I've seen at at events, mm-hmm. or coffee houses. So I, I just really love the genre. Well, and bluegrass as a genre, as a musical influence, is really 
uh, starting to spill out and over into other things. And so bluegrass kind of becomes the kind of like we're talking about 70s kind of has is kind of the foundation from where it all comes from. For a lot of artists, bluegrass is the foundation from where it all comes from. But there's all kinds of flavors and nuances that get added to it that, that people are making their own. Um, their own bent on that sound, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, I have a tentative title for the the next, the follow-up album. Okay. It's going to be The uh, the Grass is Always Bluer. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And I, I presume you're already writing songs for that? I've I've written, well, I've written uh, two of them so far, and I'm including two, one that I just wrote. Uh, this kind of goes back to my influences, the... Uh, if I were to assign a list of my top ten influences, in that top ten would be the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up and, you know, all the whole time. Obviously, Glenn Fry left us this year, so yeah. um, I wrote a song dedicated to him. Okay. In the, um, <clears throat> in the Eagles kind of, mm-hmm. you know, feel. And mm-hmm. that, so that's going to be on there. Uh, and I'm, I just remember the song. I was on my, my uh, daily workout yesterday. I remember the song that I'd written with um, Steve Dean in Nashville back about, well, it was about 2002, so it was 14 years ago. Okay. Uh, it's a song called Priceless. Hmm. Uh, and that will be on the next album as well. I've never made a, a complete, you know, up-to-date recording. I'm just a, a working demo. Yeah. So, because um, it needed a couple of the lyrical edits. So that's going to be so, which is kind of the case with this current album. It's mostly something, and then a couple of little samples of mm-hmm. some other stuff. Kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. so, and again, the current album is "Songs of the Wood." Do you have Songs a particular um, uh, travel schedule, tour schedule? Where where can folks find you? Where can they find out more about your music? Uh, be able to get a copy of the CD. Yeah. Um, well, um, a couple of things. There are several websites, that, and they don't all have it yet. Uh, one does. And it'll be uh, that'll be available through that website. I think sometime next week. That's called Fool's Hill Music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a website by an artist friend of mine from Saratoga uh, named Michael Jerling, and he has uh, most of my recent recordings are available on his website. Okay. Um, also CD Baby, but they don't have it yet. They have other ones. Okay. Um, iTunes, uh, Amazon. I mean, it's it's pretty much. Reverb Nation is what I was going to say about how can someone get some info. Uh, that's one. Also Facebook. So I'm trying to be uh, trying to be visible. Sure. Um, so if uh, if people want, uh, you know, they they can be had if people look around a little bit. As far as performances, I'm going to be pretty busy in the area this summer, um, playing various local places. Okay. Which I haven't done a lot of in the last few years. I haven't been gigging much. But I've decided this you know, this summer I'm going to be busy, so uh, getting so the songs will, will be out there. Um, Facebook is a good one. Now, if someone wants to access information from Facebook, obviously there's uh, what I'm what I'm learning about this social media is that there are frequently many people who have the same name. <laughs> yeah. um, you could practically have a convention of people. Right. So uh, right. I, I was just Googling some stuff not too long ago, and I, um, there's like, I don't know, 35 Doug Irvings. It's like, 
on, on Facebook. Yeah. So you have to be specific, I guess. You have to allude to musical things, although some of those, those ones are musical as well. Yeah, yeah. Trio in Washington, D.C. called the Doug Irving Trio. Okay. Um, piano and upright bass and drums. That's not me. Um, <laughs> that's okay if it were, but it's not. So it's, uh, so they have to be specific. Uh, probably name uh, you know, a song or uh, I mean, it'll come up if right. someone Googles it. It's, it's so probably the safest route maybe is ReverbNation.com and they can search Doug. Yeah, artists. Uh, I-R-V-I-N-G, Doug Irving. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's one of the best ones. And there's several other songs of samples from other, other sure. material on, yeah. on that website. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Doug. I really appreciate it. It's been good talking to you, and I really enjoyed uh, learning more about your songwriting process. Well, I, I do. I do appreciate the uh, the interview. Great. Thanks. Take care. All right. Thanks. Now let's take a listen to one of the tracks on Doug's new CD, "Songs of the Wood." This is track two, called "Into the Wood." Lost in a maze, the moon out of face That's how you can see at night The creatures all know the place you would go If you share their special sight Cause they can see what you can't see They know just where you are So follow your nose Don't follow a star If you must play, you can't stay away Try not to make it after dark Consider the plight that fear you invite A fire looking for a spark Footsteps lead to darker shadows All along the trail Written in the bark of the trees Quite a tale Into the wood And out of the night So many questions Were you wrong? Were you right? Remember the heart of the wind The cover and his dream You run Ooh, If you could Into the world Buildings will rise through city skies Like a bunch of somber trees But everyone knows nothing that grows Feigning opportunities Somewhere behind those concrete walls The creatures just like you They think you're afraid They know what you can do Into the world And out of the night So many questions Were you wrong? Were you right? Remember the heart of the wind The government is Into the 
There's a clock in the tower striking the hour When you'll have to make a choice Look all around and don't make a sound Just listen to your own voice Somewhere deep inside your head Your instincts are so strong Before they're aware You've already gone Into the world And out of the night so many questions Were you wrong? Were you right? Remember the howl of the wind The government is screaming You were wrong If you could If you Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.